Welcome to the Hockey Down Low. Ben Wyan, Tony Scott, dropping some serious juice today on college hockey, peewee hockey, high school hockey, you name it. A little bit of a Minnesota twist to it, but there's a lot of world junior talk, a little uh, college hockey talk. Uh, we'll talk a little recruiting, uh, guys who just committed, some guys who might be committing soon. Lots of fun stuff today. Hope you enjoy it. Love is a burning thing And it makes a fiery ring Bound by wild desire I fell into a ring of fire Well, good afternoon, Ben. How are you doing today? Not too bad. Not too bad yourself? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, just getting her done here. We got uh, about another week before the uh, big pumpkin drops, and then it all just the sprint to finish. The use hockey grind. It's a grind. We're it's here. A, it's an awesome grind, but uh, I've enjoyed my uh, five weeks off away from the rink. Yeah, uh, I'm watching. Still watching hockey. I'm going every night. I was at a 12 a game last night. I'll be at some squirts tonight, and you and I will both be at. Uh, you gonna be at Centennial tomorrow? I will be dropping into Centennial at some point this weekend. So. Okay, you're not announcing your time. I don't. Well, you're famous now, so you don't like. <laughs> you don't want to be too recognized. There's yeah. a there's a lot going on this weekend, so I've got a little elite league. Yeah, you got, got elite you got league. Got some Bantam. Uh, there may be a golfer game in there at some point. Like, Hockey or football? Always hockey. Okay, all right. I don't, I don't see, do a see, ton of football. Gonna, I'll be at the Gopher football game okay. Saturday afternoon. But you're going to go to UMD, or are you going to go to Mariucci? TBD. That's what we're trying. To, we're trying to work through that right now. So I'm, I'm literally twisting my wife's arm to going to the Gopher game tomorrow night. I mean, how much better game is there? You know, you got two top five, top six teams in the yeah. country playing each other. You know, 15 minute driveway. She's like, I don't want to go. And I'm like, we're going. We are going. Yeah. Uh, a lot of talent on the ice, and both teams are playing well right now. So it uh, should be exciting. That and should little be good. little Minnesota and Minnesota action is always fun too. So. Yeah. So you were in Duluth last weekend. You saw all four of those games. It's weird that the, the Duluth game was Saturday night, even though it was the third place game. Correct. Is that all kind of all pre digested for the Duluth fan base so they can get more fans into the building? Is that the idea? Um, yeah, and I think uh, that and just for TV ratings, too. They yeah. broadcast, obviously, on my, was it my nine or Fox? Or oh, it was. There. So, yeah, okay. so it's on TV. So I'd assume just for the TV and Got it. advertising, it makes sense to have the dogs Got it. at 7.30. All right. We always like to weave in uh, your occupation to this show each week. Why are you, why are you and your staff – uh, in a building where it's mostly, I mean, I think by, by now, uh, if you're 18, 19, 20 years old, you already have an advisor. You're not necessarily servicing new clients like you would be at the Centennial event. Why are you at this building? You got, you got clients there. Uh, what's, what's, what's the rub? Why, why do you guys show up at this, these events? Yeah. So, um, for us, like, we obviously had some uh, clients playing on uh, multiple teams. So, for one, it's a uh, cost savings to a uh, couple birds with one stone for sure. Right. Um, well, you have four teams like that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, we had we had guys playing on multiple teams. So, um, yeah, it was just good to get up there. And, yeah, it's, I mean, those guys are six games in right now. Um, and just making sure everybody's playing well, right? Everybody's off to a good start to the season. Um, it's just, again, good to get some face time. 
Um, just kind of that touch point early in the year, especially with those guys where, I mean, yeah, there's a ton of pressure. I mean, everybody's on a top 10 team in the country and not only about maintaining your role and being productive and helping the team win right now, but again, potentially, you know, trying to find a way to take a step forward and um, again, look at pro hockey potentially. So it's just, like I said, it's a good touch base. And then um, obviously with teams like that, there was a ton of NHL guys in the building which is, uh, which is good networking for you, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's good to see all those guys out and about in the rink. And um, the USA guys, you know, we're evaluating guys for the World Junior were there. So, um, like you said, there's a lot of a lot of benefits for being, being at events like that. You're teasing me now. I talk about you say <laughs> World Juniors. That isn't until late December. It's my favorite. And as a uh, Minnesota guy, um, I'm starting to think of guys from Minnesota. Obviously, everybody who was on the world champion team last year will be back, right? So, Borlo, right? Faber. Faber. Brisson. Nope, he's an no one He's an no one Okay, sorry. Uh, who are some other Americans that were that um, maybe you saw last weekend? I'm trying to think. Slager would be an 0-2. It was a little bit of a goofy crowd because or last year's team was a little and bit He unique. plays for Notre Dame. He does, yeah. Um, just with some of the COVID issues they ran into. Um, yeah, Wyatt Kaiser and Connor Kelly were at the World Junior Summer Showcase out in Plymouth, Michigan. And you thought they looked good as well last weekend? Yeah, I thought they were good out in Michigan. I thought they played well this weekend. Obviously, it was a great test uh, against Michigan's forward group um, to kind of see how they can manage manage that. Um, and I thought both the guys played well in both games last weekend, so they uh, definitely should be in consideration. Obviously, they got a long long road to go here until they're picking the team in December, but uh, I think as of right now, they're – they're for sure in the mix. Let me throw a couple other names at you that are gopher-related that you'll see this weekend, obviously, because you're going to see them at least once. Yep. Uh, Chaz Lucius, I think he's got a chance to make that World Junior team. Absolutely. First-rounder. <laughs> Goal scorer? Need those guys. I so, just, yeah, he's uh, sorry. <laughs> definitely definitely just in the mix. Start with the softball. Yeah, definitely in the mix. Uh, Matthew Nyes from Arizona, now playing for the Gophers. Um, I believe Matthew Nyes makes that team. Um, I really like his game. I think he brings a little bit of a different element Yeah. Um, than maybe some other guys do. So, I think he's uh, – and he was really, really good. Um, and, again, it's summer hockey. I really like to – throw that term out there yeah. and again it was a summer summer evaluation camp but um like he was without a doubt one of the most impactful forwards in the couple games that I was out there for okay and then obviously Faber any other gophers that are in that 0203 zone who could maybe sneak onto that team that's four guys Tristan Bros. he was Tristan at the camp Bros. as well yeah yep. so I thought he was uh I thought he was good as well um again maybe not as physically uh, strong as Matthew Nyes. Right. Um, but uh, I would like, I mean, I think Burroughs at this point too, like I thought he had a good summer camp and um, he definitely hasn't played his way off the team by any means, but I don't know if he's necessarily solidified his spot either. Got it. Got it. Okay. Any other O3s um, nationally from a, from an NTDP? We've pretty much exhausted the Minnesota ones. I mean. Yeah, Lucius, Hughes, I would imagine will be on the team. Okay. Um, you know, being an early selection as well. Right. Um, other than that, oh threes. Uh, that yeah. would probably be about that's about it. About right? it for the underage kids. We had a stat. Published. Logan Cooley potentially may yep. sneak in as an O four, and Charlie Strammel is actually in the mix too. Um, really? Until he had hip surgery. So really? Yeah, he was he was really good at the summer camp as well. Okay, so um, we'll get to central scouting here in, in just a second. But uh, there was a stat 
that we retweeted from Junior Hockey Hub today or yesterday, uh, 1.6% or something like that are O3s, which means... True freshman. That's a true freshman. A true, true freshman. Very, very true freshman. You know what I mean? Like, if they're 18 years old. Correct. There's no no way around that stat. That how old is college hockey when it's 1%? And do you think that's unfair of me to tweet that out? Like, that's a real eye-opener for me, and I think it should be an eye-opener for the rest of uh, in college hockey enthusiasts or kids who want to play college hockey. Yeah, I don't think... I mean, college hockey obviously is getting older, and it's probably it's as old as it's ever been because of the COVID rules, right. especially this season. So, again, I think over the next couple of years, it'll take a step back. It'll get younger within, yeah. within reason. By the 05s or 06s, Yeah, maybe, probably the 6s right? when they're coming through. Um, yeah. But at the end of the day, the big takeaway for me is I think people kind of sleep on the importance and the development that happens at the junior hockey level. Um, and truly, like most college coaches, it's a two it's a two year deal. Like you're gonna play two years of junior, and again, there's obviously an exception to every rule. Um, but yeah, college coaches want kids to play two years because year one typically, and again, there's exceptions to every rule. There's the adjustment. Period, there's definitely right? year one is a typically a learning experience. Is yep. how I like to talk Do about your own laundry, right? Well, yeah, there's the human, like, there's the off-ice piece. You know, you're playing probably the most competitive hockey you've ever played. Yep. And then on top of that, we're throwing in, like, moving away, being way more accountable, uh, probably way more accountability from the coaches' staff in terms of being on time for things. Yep. Um, the grind of the hockey schedule is way more. It's way more games. The day-to-day, um, I mean, junior hockey in the USHL, it's it's a six, seven, eight-hour day at the rink every day. So yeah. it's a nine-to-five, and – then, you know, the younger guys have school on top of that, and it's it's a lot for those kids. So it's, um, like I said, year one's usually hard, and then year two guys usually take a good step, and that's where, again, production really, really takes off. Right, so. right. All right, so NHL Central Scouting had its first reveal, and I think there's two, is there a midterm, and then there's a final? So this is the first of three, right? I know there's one that comes out right in late January, which is the midterm. Then the final comes out like in April, like a couple weeks before the draft, right? Correct. So this is just, uh, it's an ABC ranked. And always is. Yep. So the right? first one's always just kind of a, a tiered ranking. And then the, the midterm, uh, they actually numeric. break it up. Yeah, they actually force rank everything. So they do a, they do a North American list. Yes. They do an international Where it gets list. Where super confusing, right? Yep. Because now, like, oh, he's 182nd, so he'll be a fourth-round pick. Like, no, because you forgot there's Europeans yes. involved here, right? And then, obviously, the uh, the finalist is also force-ranked. Same thing, North American, international. Um, goalies are out of the mix. Goalies have their own, own list. list, which, I mean, they're actually in the draft, so why would you be a different list? I hate that. It, it They're just trying to fool us. Fool Somebody us. smarter than me came up with that one. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's the goalie list is always interesting, too, since they list usually like 12 to 15, and there's usually not that many picked. But Who is NHL Central Scouting? Who are they? What do they do? Why What? Why are they even hired? Why, are they, why was it even developed? If, like, you and I talked off air, <laughs> the – NHL teams don't use the list. Who's using this list, and what's the purpose of it? Yeah, I think there's – I do think um, there's a purpose to the NHL teams in terms of it is just kind of a nice cross-reference from a third party to 
see if there's any independent major, third parties. Yeah, so. to see if there's anything like way off the map of what your team has, um, or at least you feel you know really confident about where your list is at. Um, and I think the other reason too, honestly, is media, right? It it drives attention. Like obviously, people don't have access to NHL team scouting lists, right? So it's it's a way to, for the league to generate interest about the draft, create interest about players. We are um, we are at YHH are not opposed to central scouting lists <laughs> when they come out. Yeah. We get three thousand page views every time this article pops up. Yeah. That's like it's like shooting fish in a barrel. And it's kinda of, to me it's interesting as like I would like Peter and I always tug a war on this. Like I'd like to post the twenty who get picked this month and then the, the January. Like, well what happened between October and January with this guy's game is was he seen more seen less did he do less did he do more you know it's it's a crazy how they how they come up with everything yeah it's such an imperfect science and it it just gets harder um, especially for the Minnesota kid Um, and if guys are playing junior they're obviously playing in a more concentrated geographical area Mm -hmm. um, where again if you're playing high school and you're in northern Minnesota, it's a special trip pretty much every time for somebody to go see you, um, unless you're coming down to the cities. So, yeah, like, it's just – it's hard. Like, those guys, they just get less viewings. And, um, again, quality of competition comes into effect. And, um, but, you know, again, if you're playing junior, like, what your role is, how are you doing? Are you getting better? Are you tapering off? There's a lot of it's, – it's a very imperfect science to it. I was in uh, – I went to the – Mankato East was a good game. Dodge County game last January or late January, early February. There's four Winnipeg Jets jackets oh, yeah. in the building watching Brody Lamb. Yeah. I'm like, how much of a scouting staff does Winnipeg have where they can send all four of those <laughs> dudes to Mankato, Minnesota, watch some guy who is between a fourth and a seventh round pick? Yeah. Did he end up being in the third? I don't think he did. Um, he was a third or fourth. Fourth, right? Yeah. It's a lot Rangers. of time and energy for one staff in one night. Yeah, and I mean, especially with COVID last year, is crazy. Like, I know there was the uh, Hermantown Grand Rapids game because right. Hermantown kind of had a goofy goofy schedule. And, um, yeah, I know basically, like, every NHL team had a, had a had a representation at that game just trying to see Joey, right? Like trying, yeah. to, like, trying to find the most competitive environment they can see him at the time. And, obviously, it's a good – good test for some of the Grand Rapids guys as well. And, um, yeah, it's it gets interesting when, when you're trying to weed through high school hockey for some of these NHL guys. How many scouts are there for NHL Central Scouting? Is there five? Is there 25? Is there 50? Um, and are they employees of the NHL? So it's, you, I don't know. I'm just curious. Yeah, they have – I mean, they have a – so they definitely have regional representation. Um, and then from there, it just – it's – I don't even know the exact number of guys they have. Um, would you say 10 is? I would say closer to 20. Okay, so there's 20 guys. Yeah, so they have a lot of regional representation. Then and then there's kind one of some boss who gets guys. all the stuff, right? Correct. Uh, Correct. Does anybody work for an NHL club and Central Scouting? Or is that forbidden? Uh, that's a great question. I would assume that's no. probably crossing the sauce. You can't do that. I would say no, but yeah. Uh, I've never asked. Yeah, haven't thought about that one, but uh, I would assume you cannot do that. I would say so too, but 
You never know. Yeah. Can't double dip, right? Exactly. All right. So we've talked about that. Uh, there were two. I'd like to get your your take on these two kids. Uh, there were two A graders, uh, Isaac from the area. Can't say Minnesota because Isaac Howard technically grew up in Hudson, Wisconsin. Um, uh, Isaac Howard, uh, speedster from the NTDP 18 team. Have you seen those guys yet, yet this year? I did out in Pittsburgh at the right. Fall Classic. I watched okay. him, yeah. yeah. Peter saw him, too. He thought they were really good. Um, and then Ryan Chesley, uh, what kind of defenseman would you say, Ryan, for those future Gopher fans, what would you, how would you describe Ryan Chesley? Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a really good two-way player. Um, very physical. Um, can make second-level breakout passes. A lot of his offense comes on the power play. Um, right shot, which makes him more valuable as well. Um, skates well, but yeah, offensively, a lot of his offense is generated, um, on the power play, shooting the puck. He plays on the flank on the one-time side on the 18s right now on their top group. Um, like I said, other than that, defense hard, good stick, probably their most physical defenseman. Um, but again, can skate, has some good deception, um, and definitely has the vision to stretch the ice and find some second level passes. Well, that was a fantastic description of Mr. Chesley. Uh, I went to college with his dad, so I've had a, quite a history with Ryan. Um, what about uh, Isaac Howard, Sir Isaac Howard? What is he on that first power play of the NTDP? He is on that. Yep. So it's him, uh, Logan Cooley, Cutter, uh, Cutter Gauthier, and uh, Lane Hudson. That was the group that I saw. But yeah, Isaac Howard, um, goal scorer. Period. That's. That's his MO. He's been doing it since he was nine years old. Um, all he does it's, is score goals. So he's he is the Chris Carter of the NTDP team, isn't he? He, it's he, unbelievable. Like the fact he can stretch the ice. Like he's still the only kid I know or I've seen in a long time who like averages two breakaways a game, and like everybody knows it's coming, and he still does it. Like it's it's his his mind for generating offense and being able to find holes uh, to create scoring chances. Um, and just, you can tell he's like such a student of the game too, like goaltending, like he just shoots the puck through the goalie through holes. Um, yeah, he's, again, he's, he can score goals and, and he, he also plays a lot of grit. Like he's, he's heavy on the puck. He can get the puck back. Um, but obviously again, goal scoring is his number, uh, is kind of differentiator. So here's a question. Um, would you say he's on par with, Chaz Lucius or below Chaz Lucius if if the if there was if they were in the same birth year? This is a fun question. That's a fun <laughs> question. Because um, you just described when you described him, you kind of described Chaz a little bit. Yeah. I would say So I'm like, okay, well who's better? I'm not saying who's better, but they're they're different. And here's here's why they're different. I would but say I think but I the, think that I think that that Isaac could end up being the eighteenth overall pick. I could also see him late. Uh, early first, second round, too. Yeah, I mean, I think he's a first-rounder for sure. Um, and, yeah, he could be, again, depending on how things kind of take off. And once you get into these international events, that really can kind of get get guys excited. Um, I mean, yeah, he could be a top-ten pick potentially. But, um, yeah, they're different. Like I said, he just – I think he's got a little more um, – he just can – he's got a little more, like, power, like – how he scores, I don't know, like, he scores goals that are just different. Like, he, Is he a wing? He is a wing. And, and Chaz is a center? I don't know. I, I'm i not sure what he's playing with for Minnesota yeah, right now. Yeah, I don't know. But, um, I, I there's silly questions, but I'm like, eh. Yeah, uh, I mean, Chaz, like, historically, again, at the development team, he obviously had to score more around the net, where 
Chaz would score maybe a little more from range, where right. he could score, you know, top of the circles, dot, maybe a little outside on the offensive zone, where Isaac's just, it's like he can just get around the net, and he's really good at finding that quick little seam. A lot of his goals are on the paint. Um, and, again, like, a lot of breakaway, like, in tight finishing moves. He's not necessarily like a – he's going to just come in and blow it by uh, on the rush from, from a little farther out. He's a little more of an in tight scorer, which, again, it's not good or bad. It's just they're a little bit different, in my opinion. So here's a quick Isaac Howard story. He played on our Great Plains team with Snuggerud and all those guys. We were, Andy Brink, we were coaching this team. And we are down in Madison, Wisconsin, playing a little pre-tournament game, and we are playing against Dubinsky and – all those guys from Chicago. It was a really good game, yep. but we were better. I mean, like, way better. Like, dominated the game, but just couldn't finish. And uh, we're, it's like, uh, f- somehow we're, like, down 4-3 to three late in the game. They scored to go 4-3. I'm like, how are we losing these guys? These guys suck. You know, we were so much better than them. And we take a penalty. Then we take another penalty. And now with, like, a minute and 10 seconds left, we're down five on three, and we're down a goal. Isaac Howard scores not one, but two, three on five goals, and we win five to four. We drive back from Madison home. I'm like, well, that was easy. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's, that's, pretty much, that's pretty much Isaac in a nutshell, though. <laughs> so when you said score two goals, I'm like, yep, I've seen it three on five. And they just went, what just happened? Yeah. I mean, they thought, they, you know, if you think you're coaching a game, you're up five on three with a goal, one goal lead, it's over, right? Yeah. Not only did we beat them, but we beat them in regulation. Yeah. It was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. Yeah, no, he's uh, he was giving uh, Coach Sandlin a tough time on Pittsburgh. Isaac had about six great A's in the first game and wasn't able to find it. And yeah. I, go, I just told San Diego, that's probably the first game I've ever seen Isaac not, not score. score. Yeah, it's true. It's so. true. All right, so we talked about some of the A-class kids, uh, Chesley and, and Howard. Uh, who are some kids that didn't make the NHL Central Scouting that you might – you know, head scratcher a little bit, or they had a good, they've had a good career so far and didn't make the list, but I think maybe could maybe make it in January. Yeah. Um, I mean, Dylan Godbelt's been a good player in the area for a long time. Yeah. Will Schumacher's been a player in the area for a long time. Fetch, Trey Fetchko yeah. um, has and been the- a good player for a long time as well. Um, like you said, all potential candidates. Yeah. Um, and not everybody can make it, right? Correct. And, and who, if there's one list you want to miss, this is the one you want to miss, right? Correct. And the other thing, too, is, like, with this list, I mean, there's obviously more than 23 teams. So, I mean, there's only 23. So, there's guys who are in the B ranking that are going to get selected in the first round, as well as there's going to be guys in the B ranking who aren't going to get selected at all. At all. At all. Thank you. And there's you. kids who are going to be in the C who aren't going to get picked, and there's going to be guys who aren't even on here that who are going to get, get picked, picked in the second round. So, it's well, it's kind of a, again, imperfect science. There's a lot of moving pieces. Um, so yeah, like I said, there's, well, a year ago, just to use Cal Thomas as an example, a year ago, Cal Thomas was for sure not on this list. I don't think he made any of the list. Yeah. To be honest with you. Um, and he was just playing the elite league, just moseying along and slowly, but surely climbed the ladder and climbed the ladder and he was a draft pick. Yeah. So like I said, this, you're going to miss one list. This is the one you're going to want to miss. Yeah. And at the same time, and it's. It only takes one guy to like you. That's what, mm-hmm. right? I like, have a player in mind when <laughs> you say that. Yeah, you know? Everyone's got a player in mind. Everybody's got their guy. But, uh, yeah, it, it takes one guy to like you. And, I mean, you see it all the time. Like, again, uh, Jackson Holmes a great player, right? That like, was the guy. He was, I was he not was, expecting him in the third. I was expecting him to get drafted, but I didn't expect him to go the third round. Yeah, and, I mean, you see it You see it every year, right? Like, uh, Columbus did it. I mean, they, they select that one guy in the first round – 
the European guy and like the announcers didn't even know who he was. Right? Yeah. They had no graphics, no nothing. So, um, yeah, you. <laughs> that reminds some- me one year uh, way back in the early nineties, Mel Kiper NFL draft. Yeah. They said this guy's name. He's like certain. People say, I have no idea who this is. And it's Mel Kiper. He's super cocky. Yeah. and no idea who the guy was. It was one of the funniest TV moments of my life. I'm like, you dick. Yeah. You know, he's such like, you didn't know who the guy was. Yeah. So it, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, again, obviously it's a great recognition for those guys that are on there, but it's by no means, uh, it's a finished product. And yeah, I mean, it's, and it kind of even goes to the whole second and third year um, draft eligible players. Like, I mean, Scotty Perunovich obviously won a Hobie Baker and, you know, he's probably going to be playing games with St. Louis and he was, you know, selected as a, he was probably a C-rated guy as a second year. I don't on the first even know list. if he made that list the first year because that was the year he also made the World Junior Team when he were he he made it as a second year player. draft eligible. Correct. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, and, and Ronnie Adder at Western Michigan is another great one. He was a, a third year eligible. Yep. Still playing junior hockey in Tri City. Set the uh, league record for goals by a defenseman, um, and getting selected by Philly, and he's tearing up at Western, and he's going to be signing a contract I would assume at the end of this year so like yeah. it's like I said it's it's an interesting thing once you start adding in the second and third year eligibles it kind of adds even an additional wrinkle and um going back to your Winnipeg point the Winnipeg guys always seem to find a diamond in the rough in those second every year like that's that's every uh year. Max Giese's go-to every yes. time like who's who's your third year guy <laughs> yeah I know so um but yeah it's the NHL draft it's again obviously it's a really cool cool deal but uh there's a lot of, a lot of moving pieces and a lot of ways to get there. All right. So one of our uh, sections of the show is kind of players we saw. I didn't pick any last <laughs> week. I feel like I like slighted the our audience because they really care who Tony saw play last week. Sleeping but, at the wheel. Yeah. Right. Um, you're gonna go. You're gonna lead us off today, and you're gonna talk about a crew. Now, not gonna just talk about one particular player. You know, this crew. The crew. You saw up in Duluth. Uh, University of Michigan. So I, I like this part of you bringing out the Michigan guys yeah. because as Gopher fans, if there are any listening here, you're going to get to see this crew four times this year. Yep. And you should tune in. Or if you have Gopher tickets, go and watch this game because you'll see some really good hockey. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just, Their power play group is incredible. It's um, about as good as any power play I've seen um, in college hockey, I think through six games, they're clipping at 56%, which is wild. Yeah. Um, I mean, just some of the guys, obviously, Owen Power is the first pick to Buffalo. He's a special player. Um, Nick Blankenberg's actually on a unit and scored. Where's uh, he from? Look on that. He is from, he's from Michigan, Washington, Michigan, played in the, oh, he uh, is. the okay. Alberta, yeah, the Alberta League. Um, but it took a really long. No, no, but he's. Where, where where hometown is he from? Washington, Michigan. Oh, he is. Yeah, okay. he's a Michigan kid. And he went and played in the Alberta Junior League. Yeah, he played in the North American League. He he bounced around. He's Interesting. been on a very oh. long path, and um, yeah, he actually scored. I believe. When I think of the Michigan guys, I think of seventeen, eighteen, nineteen year old yeah. kids like Kent Johnson. You know. Yep. So he's he's their captain. He's their senior, and he scored a nice power play goal. But uh, like very dynamic. He's kind of a poor man's Quinn Hughes would right. probably kind of be the analogy there. But um, again. Dynamic player, really good on the power play. Uh, Matt Beneers, second pick overall. Um, Brandon Bersan, you know, scored a couple power play goals. Um, like I said, he might be one of the best shooters in college hockey right now. Um, he scored the uh, kind of the backbreaker against Mankato for the win there. Did and, he? Yeah, it was off the rush, and there was probably, I don't know, four or five guys in college hockey who could 
execute that shot. How about he, Kent Johnson? Kent Johnson's obviously a special player. He's, he's like, uh, give you an example. I know you don't like other sports besides hockey, but he's the Dominique Wilkins. He's the human highlight reel. Yes. <laughs> he does some things like, did he just do that? Yeah, he's he's a unique player. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, Dylan Duke, I think, is probably one of the best net front guys. Um, he was an 03 and yep. TDP kid. I mean, yep. he, was, he was great in the U18 Worlds last year. Um, again, always plays on a top line, really gritty forward, and just, again, unbelievable around the net, creates space. Um, yeah, like I said, they're their power play group, and it doesn't matter. It's either one. Luke Hughes scored a power play goal against uh, Duluth to kind of get, get Michigan back in that game. Um, and, uh, yeah, like I said, special group, that's going to be their X factor all season. Um, they're obviously super young. Um, they're a little, probably a little light, as people would like to say. Really? Um, and yeah. you can't say the same for Mankato. So that game must have been a light versus heavy kind of game, right? Yeah, it was. And it was, I thought it was a great test for both teams. I mean, Mankato was actually probably the better team. Um, probably managed the puck better, executed better. Um, like I said, scored on the power play. Mankato probably mismanaged one rush. And... Uh, Bordelot made a seam pass across the zone on a rush to Brisson, and one-timer beat uh, Dryden McKay. Which is not easy. Which is not easy. Um, I'm trying to think who scored the other one. Uh, was it Bordelot, I believe, too? Like, Bordelot scored an in-tight goal. That was pretty pretty impressive. So, like, they, I mean, they're, again, super, super, without doubt, the most talented team in college hockey. They have some they have their they're gonna have their challenges. Are they top heavy? If you could figure out a way to shut that group down, can you can you beat them in the second, third, fourth line? Yeah, I mean, I mean, they have three lines that can play, right? Okay. I mean, their fourth line's good too, right? But I mean, it's it's college hockey. I mean, every but I mean, yeah, they have three lines that can play and get up and down the ice and score. And at the end of the day, the thing is, you got to be disciplined. You got to manage the puck well. And if you're in a boat race them and play how they want to play, it's gonna be hard. You have to stick to your structure and play boat how you want to play. Race them! Wow, yeah. you're really throwing it down today. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and again, at the end of the day, it's talking with the Mankato guys, talking with the Duluth coaches. Like, you got to keep them off the power play. At the end of the day, that's yeah, that's like it's, number one. Yeah, that that just if you get in the if you get in the penalty race, it's just not gonna is end it up the very well. Passing here is it the passing, or is it the individual skill level that's just so supreme with that extra attacker? So it's both. So I mean, the individual skill is what creates the lanes, right? So you right. get these guys where they can break you down one on one, and generate that shot for themselves, which is a unique ability to do. So you have to honor that guy with the puck, right? And then when you cheat a little bit, it only the guy only needs a foot, and all right. of a sudden he can throw a seam pass to the backside. And you have a guy who can one time it right in the elbow, right? right. It's uh, like I said, it's it's a cool group, and um, like I said, it was it was fun to watch them. And obviously, again, it's a, it's a unique time in college hockey, and without a doubt, yeah, you guys, if you have the opportunity to go see them live, I uh, I would recommend it because um, I don't know if we're gonna see a collection of draft picks and talent like that on one Ever. team for a long time. Yeah, it's just not it's it, not the way college hockey's trending and. Um, like I said, for all those guys to come back after right. the draft, right? You have the unique. seventeen, eighteen, nineteen-year-olds, correct? Like that. Like, I'll think about it. Kent Johnson and and Owen Power were seventeen-year-old Canadians playing college hockey. They yeah, were basically they were basically seniors in high school. Correct. Let's not let's be honest here. You yeah, know, they were they were at the same age as 
as Lucius and all those guys. Yep. Um, all right, I'm going to go a little younger because that's where I, <laughs> I've been hanging out at the 12-year-old yeah. and 14-year-old ranks, but I saw a couple boys that were uh, they were good. They lost the game I saw them play, but they just kind of popped at me. And one of them is this uh, Riley Zepper. Remember a kid for Hill Marie? Kid Max Zepper. It's his youngest brother. Okay. Uh, bigger, though. Big kid. Uh, Max more of a motor kid. This kid was more of a uh a power forward type you know kind of just could take over a game it was fun to watch him play and then lance conan is the youngest of the three conan brothers uh i thought he he played really well it just kind of he he kind of reminded me a, a little bit of brock faber where he just was super athletic and didn't care you know like he, he didn't do the the a plus b equals c play yeah like, i'm just gonna go right to c and, and expose this other team because I can expose you in any way I want. So yep. that was a kid I really liked. They lost. Edina had, you know, you talk about power play. Keep Edina off the penalty kill. They had three shorties. You're gonna. It's like getting a, again, using a football reference, it's like getting a punt blocked. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a backbreaker. Like, it's a backbreaker, and they had three of them. And yeah. So Edina won. I think that uh, Woodbury and Edina will be one, a couple of those teams you'll see in the Final Four next weekend in the Big Pumpkin. So Awesome. That'll be fun. A lot of fun. All right, now we're going to go up to maybe more high school level. We've gone all over the place, right? We've been we're we've been, all right we've been uh, world juniors. We talked a little college. We talked a little central scouting. We talked peewees. Uh, let's talk some high school kids. This is going to be kind of the juice. We don't have any major juice, but we have a little minor juice. We've got a little more watered-down juice. So first of all, let's talk about the kids who just committed yesterday. Uh, one of them played on your scored a district six championship prior Lake Lakers, right? True story. Did you guys hang a banner for that? Uh, I re I retired before, uh, they hung the banner, but I believe, but there it is. A banner, I believe there is one there is hanging in, I think there is. In, in rank one at Dakota. I think yeah. there is. Uh, that's Alex bump. Talk about what, when Alex is cooking, when he's doing it right, you know, you saw him, you probably saw him out in Pittsburgh at the fall classic. Yep. What was good about him? Yeah, Bumpy's off to a good start. Um, transitioning well to junior hockey. He's a big kid. Um, I think online they got him listed at like almost 200 pounds. So I he, believe it. Yeah, he's always always been a big kid. Um, knows how to use his frame pretty well. Um, can generate shoot like shots and scoring opportunities for himself. Um, he's starting to develop a little more of a two-way game. Um, now that he's a junior, a little more accountability coming up and down the rink, which right. is good. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, he's a kid who's – Always had good good hand skills, good stick skills, and had had, had good scoring touch. So, so would you say that um, it's a surprise from when he was a squirt to now, and you've seen him progress, or would you are you are you pretty did you expect him to be at this point in his career? Yeah, I mean, I expected him to be a be a Division one college player. You did, yeah. Okay. I mean, obviously, I mean, obviously not when he's ten years old. Yeah, but, but you knew he'd be a good high school player with the potential for correct post high school. Yeah, hockey, I mean, right? he was even at that age. He was he was a, he was a big kid who could skate and you know could play with his head up and and had had scoring touch. So I mean, he checked a lot of you know a lot of those boxes that translate going forward and. Um, like I said, he was he was always a good player. When I through. think of Bumper, when it was he was in that that squirt peewee age, what was, what always stood out for me was he was big, but he had this acceleration. Correct. But you know what I mean? Like when you're big and can accelerate, there's a lot of big guys will just lean on you. Yep. You know, but he could accelerate too, or it was like, wow, now that's as a, as a peewee coach in District Six or any district for that yep. matter. You're like, well, well, how do I stop that? Yep. So I agree with that. All right. So here's another kid that came out of that Osseo Maple Grove. You know, clan of Faber, Kukin, and Janicki, 
Thomas. Nelson, there was another one just committed yesterday, Ethan Elias. You know, yep. He played on our Great Plains team that played in, played you guys, actually, in, when you coached the North and uh, I think the championship, right? Yep. You uh, The North beat the uh, Great Plains in the championship. That was a pretty good game. You guys were just heavier, weren't you? Yeah, we had a good little team. But shout, that, out, shout out to Jake Sivas. Yeah, that team had uh, Ethan Elias, uh, Jack Peart. This is their Middlestad. blue line. Middlestat. Plotachuk. Uh, Plotachuk. And then the kid from Elk River, uh, Greniak. Greniak. That's a pretty good blue line. It was a good blue line. Up front, they were pretty good, too. They weren't bad. Janicki so. and Batchelder and those guys. Blake, but, yeah. Yeah, Jason, uh, J- uh, Jackson Blake. So tell me a little bit about Ethan Elias, what you've seen from him. He's in Lincoln or Omaha? He is in Omaha as well. Okay. Right. He was a Tri-City pick um, and got traded. Traded in he, the fall, right? Yeah, at the beginning of the season. Um which honestly is probably good for him. Tri City's got a really good decor, and he's going to get more opportunity to. He's an offensive D or a puck moving defenseman, so he's going to get a little more, a little more leash, a little more opportunity in Omaha than he probably would have been Tri. But he was really good um, out in Pittsburgh at the Fall Classic as well. Um, he's gotten off to a good start. Um, he's definitely, since I saw him in the high school, he's looks like he's physically put on some weight, which is good to see. Um, yeah, he's still got that same same skating with the pop play with his head up, can get to the middle of the ice. Um, like I said, he's been able to maybe kind of like we talked about with Cal last time. Like, I think he's got a little more urgency. Cal Thomas. Yeah, no, yeah, like yeah. even Ethan does too. Like a <laughs> yeah, yeah. little more like urgency on the puck where it's like, I got to do a little more on my own. I got to press and make a little few more plays for myself, for my teammates, rather than just kind of the collective group of talent being Correct. overwhelming. So for me, I think that's been – been really good, and yeah, he projects to me as a as a power play guy in, in college at the CCHA level. And um, like I said, I think he'll probably be a two two potentially, uh, I mean, maybe even a three year three year junior player. All right, so that is my next question. So let's get into the head of uh, Blasi, right? So how do we get from how do how do we get from we're going to take a bunch of portal guys? Right, because that's what St. Thomas could be the next couple of years. To let's go snag this really talented Minnesota kid from our backyard. Yep. What is the what is the uh, thinking <laughs> there for the coach? Um, it's that's a, I mean it's a project, right? right? I mean I know you talked to Leon. We talked about that a little bit before. Basically, um, Leon said to me, and I sh- don't want to speak out of turn, but that's basically said to me on the air and off the air. Yeah, we're gonna just sit back and wait for players to just drop into our lap. Well, Ethan Elias doesn't really fit that mold, does he? I mean, he's not hes not a 99, no, not a 2000. I, he's not going to come out of the portal. He's an 03. That doesn't really fit at all. Yeah, I mean, to me, once you get once you get to junior hockey, I think the market um, opens up a little bit, right? Right. Um, and I think, especially from a Minnesota kid perspective, um, if you're in junior hockey, like these other schools from other markets, Michigan schools or even some OD schools, will just there's a little more natural intrigue because there's maybe a little more willingness to do something different, right? Once you get to that level, because maybe the opportunity of your dream school of being a golfer, going to St. Cloud or Duluth or whatever, uh, maybe that opportunity isn't there. And some of these other schools, like I said, maybe it's a little more of their time to shine. Um, yeah, like I said, Ethan, good player. Um, I think it's a good get for St. Thomas. Um, yeah, like, yeah, when they're going to bring him in, it'll it'll be interesting. Be like really I said, I think comes again in. personally, I think two years would be great. But at the same time, like he, they probably need him. You know, like they could use a little push on the power play and right. um, 
see if see if he could bring a different element to their team. All right. So we're now we talked about the recent commits. Let's talk about some kids who might uh, commit soon or might 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 be on on the bubble for that. You know, as long as this show runs. I'm going to have Oliver Moore as the first guy because he and, and Sachin, the package yep. deal, the Minnesota package deal, like they are not committed to school. And it's a rarity for NTDP kids to last this long as uncommitted. Why are they not committed? Please, somebody tell me. <laughs> if you can't tell me, I'm going to go find someone else who can. Yeah, so there's a couple um, couple reasons. One um, again, obviously they're playing junior hockey right now. Yep. The development team is a two-year program. And typically, especially those two guys, they're going to be coming in as true freshmen, like we were talking about Correct. earlier. So they're a deadlock. Yes. So for them, a little bit of it, a little bit of it is, um, opportunity level, right? It's where do I project into the lineup when I'm coming in? Um, cause you see it, you see it right now. Like right. absolutely. Yeah, there's kids, I mean, there's kids from the development team that are going back to junior or our second, third line guy. So it's, hey, like, where is it, you know, what's the right opportunity for me? It's obviously not due to lack of interest, right? These yeah. kids could go to any school in the country. Um, yeah, at the same time, it's, hey, they're in the, the grind of their season, and maybe they haven't had the time to do the visits to the full extent that they feel right. comfortable with. And, um, so yeah, like I said, there's there's a variety of reasons. And at the end of the day, it they need to be really excited about it and not just pull the trigger to pull the trigger and, um, again, make the make the decision for what's best for them and their family when the the time is right. All right. So we we say they're they're pending those their commitments are pending based on opportunity. I would say opportunity and relationships. Okay. All right. I've been hearing that Oliver Moore is a Michigan lock. We shall see. <laughs> We shall see. I love your face. You're like, stop asking me questions. No. Well, we shall see. I mean, I know. I <laughs> this know is there's... where the show should be videotaped because <laughs> the look on your face was like, stop asking me. Uh, yeah, there's uh, there's definitely five, you know, I would say four or five schools in the mix. Yeah. I mean, obviously. I've always, I've been saying multiple times it's Notre Dame because of his Catholic cool upbringing. Michigan because he's there and his agent's. Got Michigan kids, right? Yep. And then obviously Minnesota, because that's every Minnesota kid's dream. Yep. So those would be the three. Yeah, I think those would be the big three. And um, but yeah, like at the I'd end be of the surprised day. if it was a different answer, but those three. Would you say that? Yeah, I mean, I would say those would be probably the three front runners from what right. I've been what I've been hearing. Okay. So yeah, we'll we'll see. Like I said, it's again Michigan obviously has a cool thing going right now, but um, yeah, it's at the same time it's. There's a lot of unknown. There's a lot of turnover on the roster, and um, like you said, maybe it's not. Maybe that's not the right fit for him. You know, Correct. And, I totally. And Notre Dame is stylistically the complete opposite, right? Oh, absolutely. And Minnesota is somewhere in the middle. So, yeah. Um, yeah, like there's obviously a lot of lot of factors, um, you know, that go into all these decisions. And, right. Um, yeah, like I said, at the end of the day, he's obviously a talented kid and he's going to have a lot of great options both on the table them. and just both of them, Sachin yeah. and, and, and more hundred percent. All right. We'll keep those two on our, our juice list for the rest of it until they commit, <laughs> and then we'll move them over to the commit list. All right. All right. Here's a kid that I have a ton of respect for. Uh, he left Brainerd high school. He's playing junior hockey for Cedar Rapids. He'll be there all year. I don't expect him to come back to Brainerd high school, Eric Polkamp. And, wouldn't ever, wouldn't you assume that he would end up at Bowling Green? 
That's a safe assumption, right? There's that there's that Ty Eigner Bowling Green train track that he built once he left. Yeah, just kind of an easy, easy, easy route there. But yeah, I mean, at the same time, he's playing well. Um, and again, maybe he wants to do something different than what his brothers did. Yeah. Right? And I, yeah, I mean, I know they have the relationship with the Eigners, and I really like Ty as well. Um, but yeah, he's he's a kid who's off to a really good start in junior hockey, and he's going to be there all year. Um, can shoot the puck oh. crazy hard. Um, and I, I like him. Like I have a lot of time for him just because he, he bullies kids on the ice. He, he is a bully out there yeah. and I love it. And I think the game could use a little more of that um, or more guys that play that way. Um, and it's definitely a differentiator for him. And uh, like I said, he's, he's going to be, they said, I think he's going to be uh he's going to be a really good um, college player for somebody. I had a chance to coach him for a weekend, just one weekend. And someone goes, yeah, we could pull camp. Or, you know, he's, he's kind of a northern guy, so he got me some kids from Little Falls and Brainerd and all over the place. And they were all really nice kids, and they played hard, and we did really yep. well. And and um, got better as the weekend went on. But we had a practice, a little light skate over Plymouth. <laughs> I swear to God. I'm out on the ice with the guy. We're pucks floating around. We're taking some slap shots. And all of a sudden, he shoots the puck. He's, you know, 14 years old, 13 years old. And it hits the glass, and I was like, "Wait, could you do that again?" Does <laughs> yeah. it again? Just another kid. I go, <laughs> I blow the whistle. And I go, "All right, guys, we don't have a lot of time, but we're gonna set up a power play, and I don't care where you are on the ice. If this guy's open, you put the puck on his stick." He yeah. had four goals, and they're all just it. cannon shots. Yeah. I said, "We're," and, and he just got this look on his face, like, "Well, yeah, that's what I'm supposed to do is, you know, put the bomb down." Yeah, you know? and then he did. Really good player too, and he can. Yeah. And he could hit too. That was the yeah. other thing is he was a really good hitter. And this is again three, four years ago. Yeah. So no, his game hasn't changed much. So. All right. Here's another 04 defenseman and, and newsflash. Most probably listen to the show know this already, but uh Tristan Sarslin is no longer committed to uh Colorado College, which makes him on the open market. And I think he's a he's a good prospect. Again, another 04 that wasn't on is another kid that was not on um, Central Scouting. Was he was he? on he Central. Wa- he was. He was a C. Okay. He was on Central. Yep. All right. Um. What What do you think? It, what do you Where do you think he could end up in, in this whole recruiting game? Yeah. He's. You want to? Know what, he's going to be a little bit of a slow burn, I think, just because uh he got injured first or was first it week, first week of Elite League, so yeah. he hasn't been playing. Yeah. Um, and he still made the C rank, right? So they've yeah. seen him. So um, I just like I said, he's he's got a got a, got talent, got ability. Um, like I said, I don't think anything is super, um, super close if I was guessing. Um, but like I said, he'll be a kid to kind of track through the high school season this year. And if he gets off to a good start, could have something right. maybe cooking here by, by Christmas. Um, let's just hope his injury heals fast and he can get out and correct. play well. Yeah. All right. Uh, next 10 days, where's Ben going to be watching hockey? Maybe UMD Centennial. We're going to be we're going to be in the same rink. Together. So we'll do. Yeah, we'll get a little Bantam in there. Yep. Um, hoping for a college game. Yep. High school league. So am I. So am I. Yep. Uh, Nat, or I'm going to Nashville for the North Dakota Penn State. Game. You are oh, yeah. next. Is that the next weekend? It's next Halloween weekend. Pumpkin weekend. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So you're going to see college hockey, and I'm going to see the best peewee hockey in the Upper Midwest. Yep. We'll have it all. So we'll have a lot of good stuff to talk about. Yep. Probably we'll meet after. That'll be our next show is after your Nashville visit and after my pumpkin. Next week would seem to talk about uh, Gophers, UMD. We've all talked 
them to death a little bit the last yeah, week, right? 100%. And we've talked Bantams. We could maybe come back. If we see a luff at the Centennial, we'll have a show next week. But if not, we'll come after the Pumpkin and after Nashville. Perfect. Been a blast as usual. Thank you. Yeah. You've been listening to the Hockey Download. Hope you enjoy it.